0: Are you ready, Ma?
1: I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. Let's go to Memphis, Tennessee. Mm. Thank you, Erin, for that tidbit. Let's hope that it's correct. I just came across it while researching. Well, I did see that some was filmed in Memphis, and some was in, filmed in Arkansas, and some was filmed on a film set.
0: Yes. That's what I came across as well. Okay. Oh, we are doing the film Hallelujah. Yeah. Okay. Well.
1: (laughs) We're looking at each other like, who's going to say something first?
0: Well, I thought you were going to give the, don't you usually give the background?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Fury. uh, This is 1929 fury is a black laborer who turns to religion after experiencing a family tragedy this spiritual film has been praised for its impressive musical sequences
0: i had to say when you started it out you said fury i was like is this did i watch the correct movie but that is yeah. Who was Fury? It was not Fury. His name is Zeke. It was Zeke. But it said Fury in my notes. Okay, that
1: was wrong. It was Zeke. Who
0: I yeah. But that's what Apple had on it.
1: Yeah.
0: Which sometimes when I'm when I'm watching these movies after reading the Apple, and I try not to read them, I just my eyes just kind of scan. I'm like, huh, that's not the synopsis I would have chosen. See, I wrote that before watching the film,
1: and I didn't go back and look at my notes. So, I got caught.
0: (laughs) You got caught flipping. I did. And you had
1: something before I set the table to say?
0: Oh, but I have to do my particulars. So, after the particulars, right? That's the order? Yes. Intro particulars. Man, this movie... this movie will just really knock you off your axis it (laughs) it just plays with your mind in such a of like wait what huh excuse me and then yeah i probably missed probably a quarter of this film if i'm being honest i just kept falling asleep sitting straight up on the floor
1: no pinky here. It was not a pinky.
0: This is not this is not a pinky. So um, just settle in and we're gonna tell you all about this so you can act really smart around people if it ever comes up. Exactly. And we watched it so you don't have to. This is one of those. we took it for you. This is we're all a team. We took this one for the team, guys. That's right. You're welcome. All right, so <sighs> settle in. hopefully you have a <clears throat> beverage. Yeah. Hallelujah! There's an exclamation point in the title. It was released on August 20th, 1929. 1929. That's 91 years ago. Right? Okay. We we're
1: so bad at math. We are so bad at math. Oh my I should be
0: able to do that. No problem. Yes. We're, this is this is not. We are not scholars. Don't yell at us, Megan. Yeah, we're we're just two. We're just a mother and daughter doing the best we can. With our, are we right brained or left brained? We don't, See, even don't even know.
1: We don't even know. Whatever brain doesn't do math, both of us are that brained. Yeah. All right.
0: <clears throat> Directed and produced by King Vidor or Vidor. I don't know how to read pronunciation keys, so good luck. Nerd alert. I do know that he is a name. He's a very popular big-time film name in the early film.
1: Okay. I had never heard of King Vidor (laughs) before.
0: (laughs) See what I did there? Yeah. (laughs) What's going to get so silly? We're gonna get we're so gonna silly. Have fun. Oh. No, if it kills us. If my hair is really curly today, that always means that I've been for a I've been for a riot filled excursion.
1: I got a comb over going today so I got zero fucks to give.
0: <laughs> Just a whole lot of forehead I'm seeing right now. <laughs> oh, God, that is bad I told you. <laughs> You're not balding, but it looks like you are. It's such a bad look. Move on. Oh man, I can't. It's it's in front of me. Yeah. Okay. Now that look. Oh, it's just you. are becoming more Donald. You have more gray hair. Okay. He's a, King Vidor is an American film director, producer, screenwriter. His career spanned in nearly 70 years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He is known for <laughs> his big hits, The Big Parade, The Crowd, Stella Dallas, and Duel in the Sun.
1: Now, I've heard of Stella Dallas, but I think it was a TV show.
0: Um, I, I not, mean, I think it was adapted to be a TV oh, show. Oh, probably, because this was like before TV yes um this is his first sound picture yeah first film that he made with sound nerd alert he also directed the kansas scenes including over the rainbow in the wizard of oz when victor fleming had to replace george Cukor on the set of gone with the wind but he never received on
1: the f- f- set of gone with the wind
0: yeah, Victor Fleming replaced George Cukor on Gone with the Wind, but King Vidor filmed the scenes of Over the Rainbow in Kansas for Wizard of Oz. There we go. Thank you. There... Two
1: different films. Yeah, got two
0: it. different films, moving people, people sliding in. Like, I got this. I'll just shoot the most iconic, one of the most iconic scenes in film history, and I will never get credit for it. Thank you, Hollywood. <laughs> probably because he made this film (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was written the story was by king vidor oh wait oh another nerd alert for king vidor his he made his first film in 1913 and he made his last film which was a documentary in 1980 so really yeah like his his career spanned in nearly 70 years damn So he, I think about that 1913 to 1980 and all the films that just film history and stuff. Gosh, that's why, that's why his name is now, you know, who King Vidor is like, you're going to know, you're going to know, ah, hallelujah, the black film. And people are going to be like, man, you are so smart, but you just keep it cursory. Keep it cursory though. Exactly. Listeners.
1: Yeah. There you go. (laughs) You could, you could win Jeopardy with that.
0: Yeah, Maybe. We can't help you with everything else. So he did the story. Uh, Like, okay, four people wrote this film. I want to know what the other three people did. Because I don't know how four people could have written this. King of the did the story. We had a Wanda Tuchok. She did the scenario. Now, Wanda was a screenwriter, director, one of two women, the other being Dorothy Arzner who directed a film in Hollywood in the 1930s. She was wow. also a producer and a copywriter.
1: Wow. I bet she was white, yes?
0: Yes. But we're talking Hollywood, so woman, like... Yeah, ew. yeah, huge. Um, she <clears throat> also wrote Susan Lennox, Her Rise and Fall. She adapted Little Orphan Annie into the film adaptation. She directed Finishing School and Ready for Love. She also wrote the screenplay for the 1933 Little Women and The Foxes of Harrow. So, she All is right. a she is a pioneering film woman that no one okay. has ever heard about, but we Exactly. And her name again was Wanda Tuchock. That's
1: why nobody could pronounce it.
0: T U C H O C K. Okay. Then we have Richard shiler no there's no l in it richard shayer there we go treatment (laughs) he did the treatment he wrote over a hundred films from 1916 through 1956 i didn't recognize any of them so here are three that he did the spenders ride for your life and private lies okay he wrote a lot of films and oh, that then,
1: sounds interesting. The
0: guy that's credited with the dialogue is named Ransom Rideout.
1: Okay, Ransom Rideout.
0: So King Vador did the dialogues. I, I don't know. Ransom <laughs> Ransom Rideout just seems like a name that like the Coen brothers would have put. Right. Um, it just sounds like a fake name. No disrespect if it turns out. I did a Google search for Ransom Rideout, and it was all just... Motorcycles and ATVs. Mm-hmm. Um, the music by Irving Berlin. Yeah, that was a shock. Remember Irving Berlin, Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. And then he did this. Or no, I'm sorry, he did Holiday Inn because we did that. But this was his second film score. He also did White Christmas. He's known for Alexander's Ragtime Band, Easter Parade, Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Better. There's no business like show business and what perhaps should have been the national anthem. God bless America. Already then. I mean, he wrote God bless America. Right. Nerd alert. He's the only Oscar presenter to ever read their name on their own envelope. So he presented as the winner. He presented himself with an Academy Award. He got Can up on stage. Did anybody check that envelope? <laughs> yes, because he was so awkward when he saw that it was his name and he had to present it to. Him of just he was just very awkward. That after that, the Academy Award changed the rules to prevent yeah. anyone from ever being in having the opportunity to present themselves an Oscar. They needed this to happen. My. Ma, we just, we're gonna, we're about to do a podcast about a movie set in 1929, and the answer to your question is yes, obviously. Okay. <laughs> this so is Hollywood here. That's true. Here. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> the, um Long-sightedness, not their strong suit. No. No. Okay. But patting themselves on the back. They got it. Yeah, (laughs) Kiss your brain. (laughs) The director of photography is Gordon Avel. He also shot Billy the Kid, the champ. A Miracle Can Happen, Black Sheep. And per Robert Clary, who was on Hogan's Heroes, which this man was was also, uh, not only did he work on Hogan's Heroes, he died on Hogan's Heroes of a heart attack, I believe. This guy, Robert Clary, said that he is, quote, He was one of the most patient and enduring people he ever met. And as someone who is not patient. Or endearing. Or endearing. I was was thinking of myself, not you. It's it's fair. Hey, I obviously then come about it honestly. That's right.
1: (laughs) We are not patient nor are we endearing.
0: So anytime somebody says that about the guy, you know what though? If this was after his death, do you think that maybe he wasn't patient nor endearing? And this guy was just acting? I'm liking him more if, if that's the case.
1: I like what him. What if he had a really big forehead?
0: <laughs> I like him. It. Man, it's blinding. It's just catching the light. You know, it is. I, this, that's where I get my forehead. I have a five head. Look at that thing. That's where I get it from. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry you can't see us. We could project <laughs> this film on our foreheads. <laughs> Gone with the bushes drive-in. And we just project films on our foreheads. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that it would be hilarious if he really, if he was the least patient person in the planet. But he knew that about himself. So when he was at work, he was just trying. And he was trying so hard. That's why he had a heart attack. He, oh yeah. He that caused I, himself to have the heart attack. Trying to be trying patient. Trying to be will, so patient. will strain your heart. <laughs> no. Lord, don't I know it. Uh, oh, Lord, I know it. Give me strength. <laughs> it was edited by Hugh Wynn. Wikipedia had nothing on him. Starring Daniel L. Hayes as Zeke. He was not in Not Fury. Yeah, Not Fury Zeke. He was in John Smith, and then he did this film. Then he did The Last Mile, Mary Burns' Fugitive, So Red the Rose, Escape from Devil's Island, and then he did a movie called Fury. So maybe that's where Apple got confused.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um, He left show business to become a full-time Baptist minister. Well, he got his start on this film. Mm -hmm. And then we have Nina Mae McKinney. She was 16 when she did this.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah,
0: that's that's a sixteen year old. Now remember, she last year, last year, last week she was in Pinky, and yes. I came across doing the particulars how she was the Black Greta Garbo, so I was instantly intrigued. She was also in Sands of the River, Safe in Hell. She was in a movie called Reckless, but most of her scenes were cut by the studio. Mm-hmm. She didn't get a lot of work despite her beauty, because that's what Gore Vidal, Vidor, he saw her. Remember last week, she was like third on the left or something in the in Broadway show. And he said, that's her. Oh, my God. She's beautiful. You said Gore, but it
1: was King. King Vidor. You're thinking of Gore Vidal.
0: Vidal. Man, I'm going to do that a lot. King, I should just say King. Yeah, King, just King, say King. King.
1: She was so spunky for just 16. Just 16
0: and what? because of film production codes <laughs> prohibiting any suggestion of we've done this this word has come up every week in our black history month and I don't know I still don't know how to say it I just know I am it The aka the mixing of races it's like my body physically won't let me say this word It's like my body's offended by it. Okay. My body's like physically, my tongue, I guess my tongue is offended by it. It's just like, oh, fuck you.
1: Your tongue is offended by the word. Yes. This week. Okay.
0: No, my tongue, it's been offended. That's why I can't say misogynization. But wait, where was that in this film? I'm telling you about it because film codes prohibited suggestions of Right. <laughs> so interracial romances were not filmed because even though she was beautiful, the studios were like, "We oh, can't do anything." Films. Yeah, they're... like we can't do anything with you. That's why. Oh, okay. Remember, because we're going Got through it. all of these things about like there's. We had all these great black actresses <clears> and stuff. Right. All the the Ethel. I forgot her last name, but Ethel, and she was fantastic. Waters, yeah, Ethel Waters. We have their, like, wait, Lena
1: Horn, Dorothy it, Dandridge,
0: exactly. But they're like, well, what do you want us to do? We do, we can't have interracial romances because of the word I can't pronounce. So, um, they weren't filmed. So they ha- she had no, she had no work. So in 1932, mm-hmm. she moved to Europe. Um and you know did her thing like Josephine Baker and stuff that wasn't unheard of in 2019 the new york times started a series called overlooked where the editorial staff began trying to correct long standing biases reporting in their reporting by publishing obituaries from historical minorities and women and hers was one of the obits that they started mm-hmm. rerunning which I was like, wow, that's cool, New York Times. Mm-hmm. We yeah. have Victoria Spivey. She played Missy Rose. She was also okay. known as Queen Victoria. She was a super famous blues singer and songwriter. Her time was from the 1926 to the mid 60s. She worked with Louis Armstrong. King Oliver, Clarence Bone. She even started in her later years her own um, record label, and she even worked with Bob Dylan on a recording.
1: Damn,
0: yeah. I see
1: something in Cabin in the Sky? That name is familiar.
0: Victoria Spivey.
1: Spivey, the Spivey part.
0: Yeah, I don't know. She had her own record label. Like she did a lot of blues recordings. Um, we have Will William Fontaine. He was hot shot. He was born August 15th, 1897. So we share a birthday. Mm -hmm. He was also in The Dungeon and Uncle Jasper's Will. And that's really... I can't really find any other information out about him. Because he was so good. I thought he was the the best person in this, acting-wise. Yeah. He was really good. We have Fanny (coughs) Bell DeNight. She played Mammy. She was born in Richmond, Virginia in
1: 1869. Damn.
0: She was also in Rhapsody in Black and Blue starring Louis Armstrong. She died in at the age of 81 after her clothes caught fire from a wood stove. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. And the same thing with Fanny that happened. Like, she always wanted to be in movies and show business and stuff. And she just didn't. There weren't the roles. It was right. just like. He, right. If you get a role, you're playing Mammy,
1: yeah.
0: And plus, like being born in 1869, that's like that right there. Like, good job, good on you, Mammy. I'd yeah, be Fanny yeah. for for dreaming a dream. I don't know if I would. You were born at Richmond in 1869. Yeah. Wow. Good, and yeah. you're like, I want to be an actress, man. And she's good in job. a movie, and you and you are in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Hats wow. off. That's living the dream right there. I mean, a problematic dream we'll get to, but you got to take your wins where you can. I'm going to yeah. chalk that up as a as a nice little win there for her. Unfortunately, you know, she couldn't she couldn't be an Angela Bassett, but hey. This one's for you, Fanny. Ah. Drinks to her. We also have okay, these are the uncredited perf- uh the uncredited people. Because for some reason this film, the uncredited had the blue links in Wikipedia. And a lot huh. of people that were credited, they never they didn't go on... Well, whatever. History. So we have Stymie, Matthew Stymie Beard. Mm-hmm. Our gang, Stymie. Um, this is a quote I found. Nerd alert. From him. He said, quote, We knew, even in the 1930s, that Stymie was an insult to our race. But it was it was the depression i had seven sisters and six brothers at home right so it was like cash them checks yes. i know it wasn't great but hey it was putting food on the table during right. the depression right we have sam mcdonald he was adam oh uh, well, you know and there's adam and eve he's the older brother of hattie mcdaniel oh from gone with the wind This was his film debut. He was also in the Three Stooges film, Heavenly Days. And he's the only African-American to ever appear on the show, I Love Lucy. He was Sam the Porter in 1955's episode, The Great Train Robbery. And he he also had various roles in Amos and Andy. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. There were never any black people on I Love Lucy. No. <laughs> Definitely. Sorry. There were never any black people on Seinfeld either. So. Yeah. I mean there was Jackie, the Johnny Cochran like lawyer. That was it. We have Ava Jesse, J E S S Y E. She was one of the dance hall singers. She's the first Black woman to receive international distinction as a professional choir conductor. She served as the musical director with George Gershwin on Porgy and Bess. (gasps) Again? It eludes us. She was instrumental in its creation, ma, in its creation. She was big time in the Harlem Renaissance she is, like, she's, she was up there. She's a bona fide. We have Madame Soltewan. I don't know if that's even how you pronounce it. She was born Nellie Crawford in Louisville, Kentucky. She was also in Carmen Jones, Birth of a Nation, and Intolerance, which are those two movies. Oh, <sighs> I'm going to lump intolerance in with birth of a nation, highly problematic, but of the silent era, those were one of the two biggest movies ever. She was also in the the thirties version of imitation of life. Oh, to quote Lillian Gish, who in the silent era, Lillian Gish was Was. Julia Roberts. Like she was super big time, the biggest star. Lillian Gish said, quote, we never did discover the origin of her name. No one was bold enough to ask. <laughs> or did they just never ask? And someone say, hey, where where'd her name come from? And Lillian Gish was like, none of us ever asked. So yeah. you, you could take it two ways. Yeah, Which way is true?
1: Yeah. Which way is
0: true? Mm-hmm. And we have Clarence Muse. He was uncredited. He was also in porgy and Bess, <gasps> buck and the preacher a bunch of movies and car wash I'm like what a career this Working guy the car wash. had oh my gosh he's in this movie porgy and in car wash you go from hallelujah you have hallelujah and car wash, car wash. in your wow. film bio hats off to wow. you clarence those are the particulars. Okay, I'm gonna set the table now. Okay, now Mop, before you set the table, if you were setting the table and someone said to you, this is an all black musical, it's we don't know when it's set, but it was made in 1929. You had to place a bet on where you thought the very first shot. Of like the very first location of where this film would be. What would you say? I would say
1: probably a cotton field.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When it I was like, and that's about right. And here we go. That's exactly what I said. (laughs) I said I took a drink and was like, and so it begins. And so it begins.
1: And you don't know. Because there are um, little kids work in the cotton field. There, uh, there are old old women and men work in the cotton field. So you don't know if this is um, before
0: prohibition. Uh,
1: prohibition.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is before. No. I don't know. No, it is. I don't know.
1: Before abolition or not. So I wasn't sure.
0: Um, I wasn't sure the entire film. I wasn't sure about the setting. That was one of my notes in this was, wow, this movie could be set in the 1800s. Yeah. Or realistically, sadly, in certain parts of the country, depending on where you wanted to say it was filmed, this movie could have been in the 70s. Yeah.
1: We just knew it was along the Mississippi River. Well, we knew it was along a river, a
0: river. Well, we knew it was in the south because we saw the cotton. Yeah.
1: And so, as mentioned, the first scene is picking cotton and singing and happy about it. Oh, wow. We were happy. (laughs) Were we? (laughs) And I wrote happy black folk. Well, then we go to their little cabin. Uh, I'm going to call it a cabin. And they're having dinner outside. And one of the young men is reading from the Bible. And then a dude with a banjo comes up. And he shows a watch. I didn't get the whole watch thing. They were saying, What time is it? Did he not? Could he not read the time on the watch? I don't watches? think that
0: any of them could read the time on the watch. But he. Cause he comes up and the dad makes fun of him and says like, what are you doing with that starvation box? Meaning the banjo. So I took it to mean that he, and he was justifying it saying that he played well enough to get this watch. Okay. And, but nobody knows how to tell the time. I think this was like a comedy bit in 1929. Like I think that, Mm -hmm. that, People would have have like found it amusing. I was just like, well, all right. He has this watch, and they can't tell time. That's sad.
1: But he felt he knew that it was valuable.
0: Yeah, and everybody loved to hear it ticking. Yeah, it was like a heartbeat.
1: So we have a a, a song and dance number with a lot of tapping. Kids are tapping on the steps, tapping on a table, tapping in a wagon. And then the dogs start barking. And a couple comes in and they want the old man to marry them. How, were there 11 children?
0: Yes. It was Adam and Eve and they had 11 children and they wanted to get married.
1: Right. And um,
0: and that I'm sure that was a laugh riot in 1929 as well.
1: And, and the mother says to one of the young boys, "Come over here and be your pappy's best man." Yeah, that was funny. Exactly. And um, there is an organ playing. Who who was that Spivy Who was playing I think that the was organ?
0: Spivey, yes.
1: Spivey. Um, and then I didn't understand her relationship with Zeke.
0: Well, remember, because in the field, in the beginning, because you you kind of missed an important part. So, in the field, tell me the important part. They're they're sharecroppers, which, nerd alert, I have that written down. So, share. We
1: did realize because there wasn't a a master over them getting them in from the field when it was time to go.
0: Right. So, I'm like, I think they're they're sharecroppers. And sharecroppers was a landowner would allow. A tenant to use their land in return for a share of the crops, right? That were produced on the land, because because they you know, did all the work. Yeah, because you got to think him. Of, it, You know, before the Civil War, you had free labor, so the fields and everything. That's how the cotton got picked, because cotton doesn't pick itself. You like and that? And it's a hard job. You like that 100% cotton, ma? I know but the work but- involved in it.
1: Yeah, and the and the cotton plant has really has spiky things on it that you have to reach inside of to get the cotton out of it, and so it tore up hands.
0: Right, and so <laughs> that's why that's why the South was like, no, we need this free labor. Exactly. It's awesome. And that's why I had to go to war to fight, and then it was like, oh, great, all right. So then you had sharecropping because the guy they still own this land. But then it was like, okay, you can stay here. I get a share of this. Like we share what, you know, I get a percentage and and you work. And then it also incentivized the people who were the sharecroppers that were actually working the land because the better they did, then the more, ideally, the more money they would get. The percentage and stuff. Right. So... So they're the crop. They're harvesting because the cotton's ready, and they're picking it. And they've been working really hard. And Zeke, he has this thing like reminders. Like instead of tying a ribbon on his finger, he has these different pieces of clothing, and because he's gonna go in, deliver the cotton, get the money in the town, and then because he has the money, he's going to buy, um, like the, all the necessities that they need. Right. So, and because if it was really good, then he could have a little extra. So that's, that was like that whole scene where like, I'm going to buy him this and I'm going to buy you a pair of pants and I'm going to buy you this and this.
1: So it was a a swatch of fabric from each person because he couldn't write a list because he hadn't been educated.
0: Yeah. Because he wasn't allowed to be educated. And so then there's the woman, Spivey, and that's when they have this discussion about that his mother, Mammy, that was her um, that's was her, her, name her name in the movie, um, adopted her. And the reason... Somebody I says... Know. I think he said that the... One of them says that the reason that she was adopted was because they were going to end up together.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But, like, you know, it's the crap, sharecro- It's those times. Like, who knows what happened to her family and her kin and stuff. She could just right. have been an orphan and even though it's 1929 that was always my thing like i'm like is this movie if i was watching this in 1929 would i be like this is 1929 or is this movie set any time after the end of the civil war in reconstruction so from the late 1800s to 1929 because we don't know there's like a 40 year span because if it's earlier after the civil, which I don't think it is. I think it takes place like in the 1920s, but if it was earlier than the woman, I think her name was Miss Rose. Anyway, queen Spivey's playing her family, you know, it's slave time. They could have been sold off. They could have oh, yeah, been killed definitely. or whatever. Okay. And so then she was taken <clears throat> in.
1: Okay. Because she's playing the organ and Zeke goes in and the devil has possessed him and he wants a kiss from her. And at first I thought it was his sister, but it's not. No,
0: they definitely did say, mention that she was adopted.
1: Okay. But it did, it was sure to have a black man unable to control his urges.
0: Yes. That came very early in this film. He just hears that organ music, sees her playing and he can't help himself.
1: And she just keeps saying, don't do that, don't do that. And he says, looks like the devil in me. Well, then they go outside because the banjo's playing. There are some kazoos. Yeah. Those were kazoos playing and lots of dancing. And Mammy is a happy woman. She is singing and she is praying. And she's putting four children to bed. Okay. So, oh, they were having chitlins for dinner btw next morning they are taking the cotton to the market and they are praying that it'll get a good price and at the cotton market uh, there are several wagons full of market full <laughs> full of cotton and they are using some kind of a machine that can suck up the cotton and then bale it Was is it, that, the, that cotton the cotton gin,
0: gin? I knew that there was something that I was neglecting to research, and the cotton yeah. gin. I knew Eli Whitney. Yes. Invented the cotton gin. Exactly. And I know that, but exactly because the cotton gin was revolutionary. It was. And I'm pretty sure that that's the cotton gin. And you know why I think it was the cotton gin? Because at one point they show this guy having to put his arm across there. And I remember hearing about so many people losing their arms in the cotton gin. That's what made me think like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's the cotton gin. That's the cotton gin.
1: I kept waiting for somebody to have a horrible accident at the cotton gin. And they sang a song about the cotton gin.
0: Of course, because they're happy with the cotton gin. Now, Ma, when you saw all of that cotton, what did you think? Because you are the you love cotton, 100% cotton. I don't know anyone who loves cotton more than you. Were you just like, my gosh, the pajamas, the pajamas? I was in a store today and I
1: saw a decorative thing that had cotton. I mean, I mean, the cotton plant with the bulb open, the spiky thing open with the cotton. And I said, it would not be a good idea (laughs) to bring decorative cotton into our home.
0: Could you? Imagine you would have three people looking at you like, are you out of your fucking mind?
1: No, I would have five people looking at me cause cause grandmommy's coming to visit this week. And then
0: <laughs> There would be safe. a riot.
1: There would be a riot. But I, did, I, but did I you mean, like not, it? Or were you like oh, that's- listeners? I didn't. I don't want decorative cotton in my house. But I did say, mm, not a good look for the Bush what household. Did you
0: th- but if you if you hadn't had the Bush household and you you hadn't been on this lifelong like not lifelong journey but this life journey that that you've been on, would you have? Could you f- see yourself looking at that cotton and being, oh that. That would be very homey and decorative in my house, and not, oh uh, yeah, <laughs> and not realize like what the
1: fuck. How very offensive that would be.
0: But probably when, but when you uh, saw uh, it,
1: there's probably lots of stuff on Etsy, <laughs> Pinterest, but when, with decorative cotton.
0: I'm proud of you though. When you saw the the cotton, you were like, "Not in my house." Not in my house. I didn't say it out loud, but. I wish you had and put uh, had a finger up as you walked by. Not in my house, King Cotton. Not in mine. Not in my... uh, Totally Larry David moment. And then you just went straight to the pajamas and looked for 100% cotton. (laughs) I do. And then cussed. What are all these damn blends doing now? Why don't
1: we have to... Why can't we just have cotton jammies? They're breathable. I don't want any polyester.
0: You can go pick it yourself then.
1: Oh, my hands, it would hurt so bad. Okay, there is a riverboat, and the riverboat. There's another song where they are. I mean, the bales of cotton are the size of a a wagon. So they have to keep flipping the bale onto the riverboat to take it. Can you
0: imagine if you were the person who messed up and rolled the river bale into the river? Because it's because that thing was just—it was just a wooden plank that was exactly the length of the bale, and you did. Yeah, it would get so dirty. It it would. would It would be lost. (laughs) Have you ever gotten cotton wet?
1: All that work now i'm thinking all these years that i've said i want yes i want him to be that has been offensive to your (laughs) pop all
0: these years to him why do you think i give you such a hard time about it oh my god oh it has to be a hundred percent (laughs) cotton I loved it when I went to the dermatologist and he told me, do not wear 100% cotton. You sweat too much. It's like razor blades on your back. I was like, I'll be doggone. I knew it. (laughs) I knew it.
1: Well, they're singing a song about rolling the cotton. And then around the riverboat, you see gamblers with dice. You notice how I'm just avoiding. I'm moving on. (laughs) And somebody sees, I believe it's our our black Greta Garbo, yes, and it says, is "What McKinney. a brown skin bunch of sweetness she is." And her name is Chick in this, and okay. she was a dancing, and it had to be the twenties because that was a twenties dress, yes, with a with dice that were applique onto it.
0: Oh, I didn't even notice that.
1: Oh yeah, her her clothing was she she liked the applique. <laughs> because later she has a heart applique on her dress. Okay. Um and so so Zeke is there and she and he is smitten. Uh-huh. Zeke's eyes are popping out. <clears throat> and she is saying, "You don't look like no big money to me." And he shows his wad of money he got from selling the cotton.
0: Oh, and you're just and, like, Zeke, were you born yesterday?
1: Uh-huh. And now her eyes are a-popping out. So she says, you got to come with me to this gambling club. Because we can take your money and make more money on top of it. I know this guy who came in, he had $100, he left with $160. You could give me the $100, and you could take the $60 to buy whatever your
0: family needs. Nerd alert. $100 in 1929 is equal to $1,502.77 in 2020. Which... I was like, "That's
1: not a lot of money." That's what I thought, because is that supposed to last them all winter? Yes, and yeah.
0: that's they have and to they buy have
1: their to... supplies because that's the that is their crop. Yes, and and they can't do it again for enough. That's their money for a year,
0: and that's not all their money for a year because they're sharecroppers. So right. whatever deal they worked out with the landowner, they have to pay him. And I'm assuming that they have to pay him out of the $100. Yeah, because where else is
1: that money coming
0: from? So that's not a lot of money at
1: all. No. No. That's why they were eating shit. Good
0: good luck getting by on a, a month with that.
1: No Amazon Prime in that.
0: There is nothing in that.
1: Okay, well, Chick sings and does another dance. Zeke is smitten. There's lots of dancing. There's some kind of shuffle. Did you
0: write it Swanee down? Swanee Shuffle. The Swanee Shuffle. I, I do. I have a nerd alert for that. The Swanee Shuffle. That scene was said to be an authentic rep, an authentic replicate representation of. This is what Wikipedia said. Low life black dance halls um so i don't know i i had judgment yeah i had the why can't we just say i was like it was like black dance halls were working like probably like working class blacks and you know maybe a a little bit on the you know not buttoned up in medical student blacks you know what i mean like like remember in it's a wonderful life you know how like when there were the two visions of the pottersville and the one pottersville was really fun this was like the really fun pottersville place and this was the it was a dance hall and this people do put point to this because this is where the roots of classic jazz came from from halls like this
1: right because there was a band playing there was a banjo, a drummer, a trumpet, a trombone, and a
0: singer. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. that's how we knew it was the Swanee shop. And that's how, that's the beginning of jazz. So you're welcome, America. And
1: that's going to be around a place where black people have money. So it has to be a place where they've just sold their year's worth of work. Mm-hmm. And actually, he had $200. And she told him she wanted 100 of it, and he could take the other 100 home. But because he had that much money, she takes him to meet Hotshot. And Hotshot is what my father used to say, suave and deboner.
0: Yes, he was suave and deboner.
1: Or as other people would say, suave and debonair. And um, they're shooting dice. And... He looks up and he says, I ain't wasting my time on a cotton picker. And, but she's talking him into it. She's saying, You spend a hundred on me. You're going to spend a hundred on me by this time tomorrow.
0: Emma, we already know that Chick and Hotshot are in cahoots
1: because they keep winking at each other. And,
0: and we when we first meet Chick, we meet Chick with Hotshot, I believe.
1: Okay. Yeah, Hotshot stands out. He's got he's got him some clothes on. Okay. So um he starts out with a $20 bet, and she's just reeling him in. Well, his brother Spunk is coming looking for him. And uh, we already said, if you win, we get $160. At, at, at this point, he's lost all his money.
0: This is gambling. He got taken. You see, uh, there's a, a cut, and you see that Hot Shot at one point switches the dice. Yeah. And you're like, man, he needed him on Ethel Waters. But he figured it out at too late. And mm-hmm. he says, "Let me
1: see the dice. Let me see the dice you put well, in your because pocket."
0: Because he because he lost all his money. That's his, and it's that that feat, like you just see it on his face of like, "Oh my gosh, I lost all the money. What am I gonna do?" But I guess he didn't lose all the money. I thought he lost all the money. And
1: then he opens to he opens the switchblade, right?
0: Okay, Zeke. This- you know, this was, this was when the, the problem started with me where I would realize that I had fallen asleep and then I would have to oh, go okay, back okay. and rewind and. Yeah.
1: Cause I mean, he's not totally stupid. I mean, he's not going to go sell the cotton without some kind of weapon.
0: Yeah. How's- and it's, I mean, living where he's living and doing what he's doing, he's always going to have a knife on him because you would right. just always need a knife in those days and then at some point he a weapon a real weapon an american weapon shows up
1: yeah and shots are fired
0: shots are fired
1: and zeke hears groaning and of course well
0: so zeke didn't have the gun no but i want but then zeke gets the gun and he picks it up and he just starts shooting very just willy-nilly, not... Haphazardly. Ha- just haphazardly. And people are, of course, people are running out. Oh, my out God, you're like telling guns, me guns. he shot Spunk? Yes! Oh, my God. I only know
1: Spunk got shot. I didn't realize he shot he Spunk. He was the one spraying off all willy-nilly. Yes! It was hot because the it's all in black and white, and it was hard to see. But, okay... Well, then you see a, a shot of Hot Shot and Chick, and they're splitting the money that they took from him. It's yeah. just. Oh, it's I hate gambling. I hate gambling. And you want me to go to Vegas
0: for Christmas? I mean, but. Responsible gambling. Not this is all for my family. We're sharecroppers yeah. and stuff. Like this is the amount I lost. All right, I'm just, I'm cool. Just drinking and watching people. Not yeah, like cool. not the sweating. Like oh, I gotta, I got. You can never be in the position where you gotta win. If it's no. like you need it, you've already lost, my friend. You've
1: already lost. Well, Mammy wakes up, sits straight up in bed, and may I say, their cabin is. One, I mean, it's an open concept and it's spacious,
0: so, <laughs> though, and there are a lot of beds.
1: Yeah, lots of beds. She sits straight up because she knows something bad happened.
0: Did she have and, a country farm sink?
1: No, they didn't have any sink.
0: Ah, oh, just checking.
1: Yeah, yeah. There was no indoor plumbing. Ah, yes, yes. She the sees. Me. She sees that Zeke and Spunk's beds have not been slept in. And she starts singing a really sad refrain.
0: It's very sad. Well, I mean, at this point, we already know. The audience already knows. And it's just... And
1: she's singing, oh, Lord. (sighs) Uh, I said, Mammy knows something's wrong. Well, at this point, Zeke comes in um, with the wagon, and Spunk is in the wagon. Oh,
0: wait. Hold on a second, because I forgot to write this down in my reheatables. So Mammy has gone out into into the front yard everyone is around her because they're like what's wrong what's wrong and she's like my children haven't come home um Zeke sh- comes with the wagon he comes over falls into Mammy's lap he's just like cry you know crying the father's there the father's like hey where's my boy spunk Zeke just he doesn't even look at his father. Which, I, I mean, he did just kill his brother. He just points to the wagon. But he he couldn't have given his dad, like, a heads up or been like, I'm so sorry. He, Because at this point, the father, he's just like, where's my boy? You know, he's not like his wife who already knows what has happened. So he probably just thinks that he's, you know, collecting the groceries and stuff and gonna carry them out and he just points to him and he has to be the one to discover that his son's dead i just thought that was a little rude on zeke's part especially since zeke was the one that put a bullet in his belly
1: fair but zeke was probably still in shock, shock.
0: a bit of shock oh he was very like, yeah you know, I get it. It was just real tough all around. Mm-hmm. Real mm-hmm. tough all around. There's no
1: easy way to do that. Yeah, I could I could recall a story, but we're gonna keep it light, Jeez. okay? I thought there was rain, but there wasn't. It wasn't. It was the film, the oh. the age of the film. It looked like rain.
0: Hell, we're lucky that this film exists. <laughs> yes, what, are we? So yeah. there is
1: the funeral. And so Zeke's body is on the bed covered with a sheet and everybody's sitting on the floor singing. And I thought, why is everybody sitting on the floor? There are no chairs. I "I didn't have any chairs. Yeah, that's a luxury. (laughs) Exactly. And Mammy is in distress and Zeke is outside crying and Pappy finds him and tells him, I'm not going to judge you. Wow. And Zeke's saying, I've sinned, and I'm hanging on the edge of hell. Yeah, you killed your own brother. He says, show me how to repent. And Pappy says, look up at those clouds. You see an angel up in those clouds, don't you? Yes, Pappy, I see him. I I saw clouds.
0: I did, too. I was just like, I don't... What... but 1929, they don't have. And CGI. then the,
1: the there was a little bit of light peeking out of the clouds, and that was the Lord showing him the light. And so Zeke is gonna become a preacher. Right there, he decides he's gonna become a preacher. He starts preaching, and people come and gather around, and they sing "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot." I uh,
0: that song. I do like that song. I I like it. Now
1: Zeke's at the train station and people are coming to.
0: He Zeke has turned himself into the biggest preacher around.
1: Yeah, he is bona fide on TV, like TD Jakes Joel, or something. Well, yeah, okay? TD Jakes. Oh, yeah. You were gonna I say was,
0: Joel Osteen, weren't you? I was. Uh, let's go but, with TD Jakes.
1: Okay, and he's he's inviting people to the meeting he which has is his vital. own
0: he has his own train his train says because now he is not zeke he is zekiel and he uh-huh. rolls into town on a he ma he's a black man with his own train yeah that
1: show that's how much money people pay you if you're a preacher
0: that uh, also, I didn't even write that down in my Bad Rick book. Okay,
1: That's well, a hot um, take. so then we have a parade. He and gets on. He sh- brings his own donkey.
0: Gets out. I, on, I'm
1: not it, there yet. Oh,
0: because first the parade starts with the children with the American flags. That, that, that's when you knew that this movie was directed by a white man. (laughs) Exactly. What has that flag done for your people? I was just like, uh, that. (laughs) Okay.
1: Then Zeke is riding on the donkey like Jesus. And when he gets off, he's standing as tall as he was when he was sitting on the donkey. And Chick is in the crowd. And she is yelling from the crowd. And, she, and Zeke says she's just another of the Lord's little mistakes.
0: Oh! So,
1: yeah, now we're at the revival, and we got us some old-time religion, and it has been an hour.
0: So... All right, so, so there you have it. like 40 minutes left. We'll tell you what happens. Don't worry. We're, this isn't one of those. I mean, if you want to go, it's on Apple. If you must go see it, I don't want to tell people not to see it, but mm-hmm. there. Are, I mean, I would go see like Cabin in the Sky, Stormy Weather. There are other yeah. movies like if you Even haven't. Pinky. Pinky. Yeah, there are other movies where if you haven't seen it, see those first before you go see this. I'm glad that this movie exists. I will say that. I, you know.
1: Yeah, it was an all black cast in 1929. Yes. That's just, that's a miracle in itself. So I'm,
0: I am glad that it exists. All right. What's the next?
1: Next, we have nerd alerts. No. Well, no, POC count, but that's...
0: People okay. of European descent count. That Go is ahead. a... None. Zip. Zilch. Does I not exist. It's the first one ever, yes? No, we had a we had a couple, but like those as well... You know there are little touch flourishes like we just mentioned the the waving of the United States flag yeah. by the children where you're there's a there are things that happen in this movie where you're like oh yes this this isn't a for us bias us production and I'm wondering if those flags were represent oh it would have been
1: 1929 so they would have been okay. I wondered but, about the star count on them.
0: I don't know about the, the star count. I mean, they didn't have Hawaii on there, obviously.
1: Or Alaska, because mm-hmm. that wasn't until the 60s.
0: But no, I 50s. mean, if it fits if into the whole after the First World War narrative that was really being put forth by people of, like, the country really, I don't, I mean just under really underlying race relations and stuff and just being like America you know it 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 really spoke of the um the idealism I understood what was trying to be said but I was also like this is not what would have really been
1: this, too, has to be carried on the backs of our black brothers and sisters. What do you mean? I mean, patriotism. Oh, and yeah. Unification. But, it, yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, we'll get into it in the nerd alerts.
1: Okay, um... Do you have nerd alerts you haven't shared? I
0: have so many nerd alerts. Okay. I got nerdy, (coughs) except with Eli Whitney and the cotton gin, which I'm really, because I really like that. And I forgot to put it on my reheatables. I, you know, cotton, but I, it is, it is what it is. So I was like, well, how do you, that comes from a plant? And then how they do the whole cotton gin. So I am going to be a nerd and look up like how cotton is processed. I just didn't have time. Okay. Like we said, so this is the first sound film by King. He used sound on location and he also recorded post-production sound in Hollywood. And there are some places where you could totally tell. Usually a lot of movies do that and it's called adr additional dialogue recording like if you were sh- if they were on location and maybe there's a lot of wind or something went bad with the microphones there was a buzz they'll come back they'll be in a studio not, This not how this is in 1929 but in now they'll put it up like the picture and the actor will have to try to match their like what they're with saying their
1: m- mouth movements
0: mm-hmm um and you could kind of you could see that but it, it was impressive because it's his first sound film and that i think about that it was all silent films we haven't done a ton of silent films we'll probably do some more but when sound came into motion pictures it was a big deal and a lot of people's careers ended a lot of directors yes. didn't make the transition so this was this was very risky for all king To be like, it's my first sound film and I'm doing it with an all-black cast and it's a musical. Uh It's very risky. The Library of Congress said that it was historically significant film. And... Aesthetically,
1: historically, and culturally.
0: Yes. And in a King Vidor retrospective at the 70th Annual Berlin International Film Festival, this month... The film was shown February 2020. Wow. Yes. in I, Berlin. In Berlin. It's, it's like I knew. Wow. How many times does this happen on this podcast? It's like we have our finger on the pulse of the zeitgeist and we don't even know it. <laughs> and nobody else knows it either. No, except for us, and then they'll be like, it's weird. It um, is okay. So, how did King Vidor get this film made? Because it's 1929.
1: Nobody so wanted to. He
0: back went to. It. He went to Nicholas Sh- Shank, who was the president of MGM, and he said that he wanted to make a film about blacks' sexual deviance. Yes, and old Nick Shank said, "Well." If you think like that, I'll let you make a picture about whores. Yeah. So, that's what. It, it's one of those like it's like ah well, he I mean he knew he who he was, to get yeah he knew what to say he knew what to say to get, to get what he wanted. Me. Um, and so he was King Fedor was born. He was from Galveston, Texas, which is in the South. There was a huge storm in the 1900s in Galveston. He survived. And there he uh, would observe blacks in the south. So I I don't know what to make of that. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just picture a little kid. His name is King. He has a little stone tablet or whatever they had in the 1900s. And he's just like watching black people. Uh, Okay. Like he's observing, he's not engaging. Yeah. Yeah. Um Stephen Foster, he's the one who wrote Way Down Upon the Suwannee River. He mm-hmm. never went anywhere near the south.
1: No. Well, he was from Kentucky. Stephen Foster was? Yeah. Oh. He was that he Damn was Damn Wikipedia. It was right across well, it was right across the Ohio River. Because we went there once when I was a little girl to my old Kentucky home, which was his home. But it had slaves.
0: Yeah, then wait, Stephen Foster wrote my old Kentucky home. Yeah. <sighs> Wikipedia, man, because The darkies are gay. Exactly. I'm like, this guy knew what he was talking about. That mm-hmm. if I had to guess, that was probably added by a European who doesn't understand geography in the United mm-hmm. States.
1: Yeah, probably going. Kentucky isn't south. Yeah, it's not Mississippi, Georgia. Yeah, Alabama.
0: Kentucky is the south.
1: Oh yeah,
0: kind <laughs> of Ohio kind of is too. So no, it's not.
1: There's an Ohio River separating north and south.
0: Yeah, Cincinnati has had its it's issues. It's right on that river, <laughs> but it's on the correct side. Um, let's see. Okay. So, a little historical context. This film made in 1929. I bo- in August. When did the stock market crash in 29? Well, I'll look that up later or you can. Um, so it wasn't in the super midst of the depression yet, but 10 years previously. So, if you uh, if you're If you're in high school, this isn't gonna apply to you and thank you for listening if you're in high school, frankly. Um, But for us people who are a little bit seasoned in life, think about 10 years ago, do the math in your head, picture the number, picture like, oh my gosh, and then freak out because that was 10 years ago. Like 10 years isn't anything once you get to a certain point in your life. So in 1919, which was 10 years previous to when this film came out that's when in the summer for 10 months it was referred to as the red summer and this is something that i didn't learn about until last year because it was the centennial of this but hundreds of deaths happened in race riots over 10 months over 250 black people were killed there were 25 riots across the country, the most serious of which happened in Chicago, Washington, D.C., and Elaine, Arkansas. And basically what happened was black men were returning home from World War II. And Why? they, I mean, World War I, and they have fought for their country. They have gone overseas fighting for freedom and come home and was like, well, wait a second, what the fuck? I just saw some really fucked up shit. Fighting to show that I am an American citizen. Why can't I be treated like an American citizen? Mm -hmm. And, you know, times had changed in the economy and all of a sudden, like, white people are like, well, wait a second. Not too long ago, people were allowed to own you people and now I have, now you've beaten me out for a job and I can't get a job? But that's probably not what happened. But that was, like, the the perception that those people would have, like their point of view of things. And so they started, the white people started to terrorize black people because black people were like, they were doing things for themselves. They 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 had this freedom. So they were making things, they were making businesses. They were having successful things, like successful towns, all this stuff, catering to themselves. And white people didn't like that. And they started to terrorize them. They started to kill them, to lynch them in the hopes that they would leave or that they would live somewhere else completely. So you had in this 1919, a whole bunch of bloody killings. It was most serious in Chicago and DC because black people were, came, were like, well, wait, I'm mad as hell and I'm not gonna take it anymore. And so in those places, they started fighting back. You also had in 1921, the Black Wall Street massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which that was depicted in the very first episode of HBO's *The Watchmen*. That really happened. You also had I in nineteen to, 19- to see if that really happened. That was
1: unbefreakingly.
0: Yeah, window. a bunch. I didn't know about this Red Summer stuff. Like none of this stuff was was taught. It was all buried in history books because people wanted the the narrative of. The United States after World War One to be that of like oh we all came together, but we all didn't come together because people got were mad. They're like you can't have that. You can't you can't have your own place. You can't be be succeeding in having excellence and money and stuff. No, you need to know your place, and tore it down. The Rosewood massacre in Florida, 1923. A whole town was destroyed people say between their reports of between 27 and 150 black people died. And the whole entire town of Rosewood was wiped out in 1923. And this mm. was a self-sufficient town. It had its right. own. They weren't asking anybody for anything nothing from nobody. And it all, and all of these things like the black wall street and the Rosewood massacre, those things happen. The instigating of it, the tipping point of it was that a black guy was accused of assaulting a white woman and then the mob mentality of like well we have to lynch that guy because he did it and they were like but he didn't do anything and what about he's a united states citizen what about due process and it's like nope that doesn't apply and it's like and then you know black people they had they were they had education and come back from serving their country and fighting so there were people who weren't afraid to fight and they're like look i just fought over in europe for your ass so you best believe i'm gonna fight for my family Mm -hmm. and the white people didn't like it when the black people fought back and it's interesting to look at how these things like the black um black wall street massacre in tulsa if you look it up for many years, it was referred to as the black as the Tulsa Race Riots. But that's not what happened. It was a massacre. It so, was. That was all stuff that was... And the, the Ku Klux Klan came back. That's when a whole bunch of... you Like, look it up when those Confederate statues started popping back up. Those statues didn't pop back up in the 1860s to commemorate the dead Confederates. Right. You look at the dates, it'll be like 1919, 1920s, all of that. So... This is 1929 that this film comes out like 10 years later, which isn't that long of a time. Those are my nerd alerts. Okay. The Wall Street crash was October. So it hadn't happened yet. So these these were, these are still a roaring 20s. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because Chick's dress was definitely a roaring 20s dress. So <clears throat> The
0: Great Gatsby was around the twenties, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll loop that in for like the kind of like the other side of this, the flip of the coin. You have the great Gatsby and the twenties and the flappers and all that kind of stuff.
1: Extravagance.
0: Yeah, the indulgence.
1: Definitely indulgence.
0: Okay, we're to reheatables. All right. <laughs> oh oh my gosh, do excuse me. That is that was like a uh comedic 1930s drunk burp it was (laughs) i'm not drunk yet but it
1: was i do apologize (laughs) okay i'm gonna start with my negative reheatables don't we usually start with negative we do start with
0: negatives okay happy black folk yeah. Just happy with just their life, singing them songs. M- Mammies, so just happy. Mammies.
1: The little children working in the fields. I mean, those children were toddlers working in the fields. <sighs> Everybody had to work. But you, uh, yeah, you had to. Um, the, the family that came with 11 kids and wanted to get married because she didn't want to be a fallen woman <laughs> uh so when when she goes be your pappy's best man that was it was funny but You it put that was...
0: as a bad reheatable
1: oh that's a good reheatable I put it on, it on my it
0: I put it on my good reheatable because it was a bit and I bit. I overlooked like the you know, I mean you you could look at it but I chose Either to way. look at it as the as like, well that was kind of funny. Like they have 11 kids and now they want to get married cuz she's concerned about her reputation. Yeah. 11.
1: 11. I mean, she pushed out 11 kids and she's still willing to stand before before And they were named man.
0: They were named Adam and Eve.
1: They were Adam and Eve. Okay. Uh there was the me too moment when Missy was playing the organ and Zeke came in and tried to assault her. Didn't get all the way through, but he did put a sloppy kiss on her face.
0: He did, but then he instantly, yeah, that's interesting because I was like, oh, he's going to assault her. And then he put a sloppy kiss on her face, but then she liked it. And then he instantly apologized and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And like, I don't know what came over me. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah. And then later they do get married.
0: Don't they no. they become a couple. Well Okay. Um He leaves her for he gives up all of that and goes Well right. wait. we're we're, we're crouch, encroaching on my bad reheatables.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Um oh well I was gonna okay. Uh it was grossly stereotypical. Grossly we and, had the buggy ah. I mean, it was really
0: well. And King Vidor wanted to. He specifically set out to make a film with an all black cast and to not be stereotypical. But I wonder if that's a, a nineteen twenty nine verse twenty twenty. No You yeah. know, but just yeah. to but just to still see like guys really.
1: Yeah. I'm sure. And then Missy does take it back at the end. Yes. After all that. Yeah. So,
0: all of that.
1: Um Okay, I think those were my neg- those were all my negatives. I have positives.
0: Oh, my negatives. This the whole Zeke's whole journey and storyline. He kills his own brother. Becomes a hugely popular minister, like we said, has his own train, is on a donkey. And did you notice his family and stuff all decked out in nice attire? Mammy has a whole night's hat set up. Then, like everyone's dressed to the nines. He throws that all away at the revival, how he's being taunted by Chick. The woman who didn't pull the trigger but caused his father his brother's death he, he caught like this woman caused me to kill my brother right I will want to strangle her but right. instead he runs off with her
1: sexual depravity
0: and then he runs off with her she goes to leave him. this is how the movie ends. So she runs off. Yes, he runs off. He then becomes a, a working in a lumber mill with Chick. Chick meanwhile still seeing Hotshot. Hotshot comes and scoops up Chick cuz Chick's like I can't this is working class. I I'm a I'm a grifter, I'm a con woman. I like them nice things and I like them yeah. nice clubs. He never takes me dancing because he's too tired from working 18 hour shifts every day. So Hotshot comes, steals steals because uh, Chick literally puts, sings Zeke to sleep. Puts him down. He's napping on the table. Runs off with Hotshot. Zeke happens to wake up, goes out, shoots the gun. It Finds chick she was like all beat up and stuff in the getaway she croaks and then he finds hot shot kills hot shot does time in, in 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 some sort of like penal situation the happy ending of this film is that he comes back and with his family takes him in and he gets to keep on picking cotton and so happy that he gets to keep picking cotton. Yeah, I was like, oh man, that's yeah, that's not really what I call a happy ending, guys. There's a no. lot wrong with this whole narrative setup.
1: We could have done away with all of the in between and have him just keep picking cotton.
0: <laughs> yeah, like yeah, to become a hugely successful and there's no mention of that of, uh, of the family what they went through they just gladly take him back in here take right. this basket you're back i'm so and happy missy takes him back missy yeah. yeah missy's like well you you were gonna yeah. be mine but then you saw the floozy who was responsible for killing your brother and you ran off with her because she could just shake like nobody she could shake, and she had those cute dresses with the appliques <laughs> on them. You're a, I know, Zeke. You're a sucker for applique. <laughs> you have a type. You have a type. Um, Then my battery heatable is... Okay, so remember, this is the first his first sound film. So up until then, when people would go to see movies and they would see acting, they would see silent film acting. So silent film acting has not it does not age well and is not that's i think that's kind of our big problem especially with old nina mckinney is that she's doing a lot of silent film acting yes i didn't realize that Mm -hmm. that is so true with the buggy eyes yes because yeah so I, when sound came it killed a lot of careers. so she had she had a good voice and stuff but it took a little while for for actors to kind of hone in and, and do their due diligence and watch that videotape and be like I'm doing way too much now <laughs>
1: yeah yeah I can
0: really Fa- way it too back. big a
1: facial expression yeah yes. and
0: so now that reads as just being really bad but it, it hit yes. me it hit me toward the end of the film where I was like, oh wait. This is the first sound film. So everybody's acting and everything that they've seen is in a completely different style.
1: Wow. That's my mind blown because that's totally what the problem Mm -hmm. was.
0: Yes.
1: Yes. Well done. For Aaron. Well Well, done for figuring that out.
0: No, I mean, sometimes you make me out to be smarter than I am because you're just momming.
1: No, but, I didn't, because I kept thinking the whole time
0: this was all so overacted. Yeah, and I it's think it's the silent. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me see. Oh, the criminality and morta- immortality of all blacks. Like everyone, is oh, she's
1: got the she's got the That's finger, the finger going,
0: and you know. Nina McKinney, this is one of the first major film roles, if not the first major film role in a Hollywood film, and she's playing a black whore, for lack of a better word. Yeah. So we got mm Mammy,
1: the happy black folk. We got Nina, who is the black floozy.
0: Yeah, and that would go on to signal black women in films as money grabbers like con artists and vamps yep so it's like oh yeah that's that's true that's that's not a good reheatable that's just that's a taco salad in the refrigerator
1: yeah let's have a drink on that one
0: Mm. Positive reheatables, because there are a few. I did I have some. Go ahead. Um Zeke's bass voice.
1: Oh, he had a great he voice. Had a great voice. He
0: had a great presence. I did enjoy Zeke. I mean, like as the actor, his character, I was like, you're a dumb motherfucker. Yeah. But
1: um, Chick did seek redemption until she took him away
0: oh okay because this is one of those like sleepy moments for me did she really seek redemption or was her seeking redemption to just a way to get in back yes <gasps> oh wow i'm a dumb motherfucker <laughs> you're not no you're not ma that um, I, no that's i mean both but maybe both things can be true that's one of those things that's interesting that's true. It could be like this or it could be like this
1: Um, when Chick was beating up Hotshot. Oh, did you sleep through Chick beating up Hotshot? Yeah, she beat him up. It was pretty fun. Um, okay. There was a quote. At this point in history, this film was one of early... Uh, of early projects that gave African Americans significant roles in a movie. Yes. So, as it, it, it wasn't necessarily how we would like to have seen them portrayed, but every cast member of this movie was black in 1929.
0: Both things can as be you true. Said,
1: yeah. I mean, um, the actress who played Mammy was born four years after the Civil War ended. Mm-hmm. And she ended up in a movie, movie yeah, made in Hollywood. Damn.
0: Yeah. You got to take wins where you can get them. Yes. Are those your good reheatables? Those are my goods. All right. My goods. You know, for this being his first sound film and of the time, the sound recording was pretty on point. Yeah, you're right. And survived. You can rent it and stuff. That you can tell that the t- the title cards and they're like one month and and the all of that 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 was remastered because it there was a Christmas. I was like, oh, cut my eyes.
1: <laughs> it was crisp, but yeah.
0: um, yeah. And you you know you could tell the stuff that was recorded not on location, but for the first sound recording. Like we all, we take sound for granted now, but I'm like, you know what? Hats off. That was pretty impressive. Also, like you said, all black cast in 1929, Gore Vidor, Gore Vidor, not Gore, King Vidor did not have to do that. He did. I I love that when the father called the banjo, the starvation box, (laughs) I was so tickled by that. I like the bit. I'm I'm gonna choose to see it as a bit of Adam and Eve with the eleven kids. Yes, I can see how it is problematic, but I was like, let me just enjoy this. Um, sweet chariot. I've always I've always liked Sweet chariot, even though it is a joke. And like, um, <laughs> if you want to be stereotypical black, you're always like, swing low, sweet chariot i like that um and then you know what nina mckinney she was sold to me as the black greta garbo i was like i was watching this i was like wait a second i remember that greta garbo it was big when greta garbo talked and that when she smiled Mm. because greta garbo from what I recall, did not was not a very smiley character. So I was just like, why are they calling Ooh, her the black German. Greta Garbo? Yeah. But it was because of her beauty. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause you know, Greta Garbo was huge in the shit back then. Yeah. But my main girl, McKinney, Nina McKinney, you know what? I would bet I would lay down a sweet wager that she was a better dancer than Greta Garbo. Yeah, because she was she was throwing down some moves where I was like, you know she what, was. I could get by with doing that now, and that would be slick. I'll bet she was doing some Charleston. Just a little bit, and then she did this weird, like her legs were doing this weird thing, yeah. and I was like, oh, okay, Garbo can't do that. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. those are my good reheatables.
1: Okay, MVPs. Okay. <laughs> so. So the person who played Mammy, she was Fanny Bell Denight. Was that what her name?
0: Uh, let to the paper. Her name, Fanny Bell Denight
1: She's my MVP because mm-hmm. she was born four years after slavery ended, and she made it into a movie in 1929. That's my MVP.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. My, my, my first MVP, until I checked my notes from when I was actually watching it, so the, I guess this is my honorable mention MVP. When I was, because I was like, ah, "Man, who's my MVP of this?" And I was like, "Well, you know, the real MVP of this is." So this is my honorable mention, cotton. It's, it's oh, the fabric shit. of our lives. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but then I I went to my notes and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's my real MVP." the drummer in the scene when he's hitting the drum and the drumstick's go flying in the air and he's just catching it and he's standing up and I'm just like, that motherfucker is my MVP of this. I'm so glad because I took notes and I checked my notes because I really didn't know who my MVP was going to be. Like I said, I was just going to settle for Cotton. Then I got awkward on the podcast earlier. So I'm really (laughs) glad that I saw that the drummer... Was doing awesome drumming tricks. Then he could be yeah. my MVP. Another MVP could be that you know it was the beginning of jazz. Yeah, the yeah the great American art form. Exactly. One of these, I am going to watch Ken Burns's jazz.
1: <gasps> I didn't know there was. Yeah. Oh my god! I have to watch
0: that because I also want to. I've. I'm not even a huge baseball fan and I've watched most of baseball. I watched all of the Vietnam war. Yeah. He's you know, really weekend, good. which wasn't great for my mental health, but Hey, it was way better than what those guys actually went through. Yes. And the, the nurses and stuff. Yes.
1: Yeah. I was um, substituting yesterday for the computer teacher and sh- she sees three classes that I have to cover. Now, she has a lot of other duties that I can't do when I'm substituting for her. I'm just covering her classes. So I sit in her office and I, I read a book on my phone. And the lady who does all of the T-Spec, is uh, her name is Tia, and she had on Jazz... And so she was leaving her office for something and turned it off. And I said, hey, could you leave that on? It's really nice. She said, oh, not everybody likes jazz. So I had a, uh, a jazz day yesterday. It was really nice.
0: I just want to know more about it because it is the great American art form. And, and then
1: I introduced her to your poppies music. She went out to get her lunch and listened to it, came back so excited because she said the 70s was my, I was hot in the 70s. Wow. So she loved it. Sure so it was she, nice. Make sure moment. she
0: gets those listens in. That's Manziel on Spotify. <laughs> Manziel on Spotify. Who uh, does our,
1: our music on Gone with the Bushes? Mm-hmm. We are two recasting. Oh, I did two casts. I did two. But by the time I got to this, I was a little overwhelmed. So I don't feel
0: like I put my best into it. See, this is what always happens to me. That's what always gets me. But I came up with, with one of my casts while I was watching it. Well, I have a
1: present day cast and then I have a flip cast where we reverse genders
0: oh i have a i have a i guess i will say kind of an all-star and then i have a you know what white people were sharecroppers too. cast i that's
1: <laughs> why i love you okay well my mammy is gonna be a whole different kind of mammy oh i never did cast them
0: oh but i could okay go ahead
1: my mammy is Okay, you're not going to listen to me because you're busy doing your own thing. And you need to hear this. I'm your My listening. mammy you're is mammy. Felicia Rash- Rashad. Oh,
0: Felicia Rashad.
1: Oh, she would bring some attitude to mammy. She'd probably smack Zeke a couple Yeah, times. I don't know that
0: she would be that just forgiving of Zeke for killing her, her No, son. if this is 2020. And then, and then Felicia Rashad gets to rock out in a nice hat set up and go to all these revivals and her son you know that she is so happy that her son is a preacher you know how happy that would have made felicia rashad as Mm -hmm. mammy and then that he gives it up for a tart Mm -hmm. and then she has to go back and give up her hats and go back to picking cotton Mm-hmm. And then I he that, just I shows wanted up. that
1: sass. That would be great sass.
0: Damn it.
1: Okay, so my Zeke. Uh, okay, so my Zeke is Donald Glover. Oh, that would be good. Because he can do both sides. Mm-hmm. So, of course, with Donald Glover, then my chick has to be Zazie Betts.
0: <laughs> of course it does. But she would be good. She would be a really good chick. Huh. She would be. You're going to like my chick.
1: And so I have hot shot also. My hot shot is Keenan Thompson.
0: That's a good hot shot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do one of yours now or you want me to do my other one?
0: Um, I will do my white people or sharecroppers as well. I love it. So this is, uh, this might be my favorite. You're t- it's hallelujah but it's done with poor white people. Okay. So my Zeke is Aaron Paul. Yeah. From Breaking Bad.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Okay, I don't know if you're going to know who my chick is, but you, everyone soon will. My chick is Haley Lou Richardson. She's an actress. I first knew her and I only really know her from a Regina Hall movie called Support the Girls, where she played a waitress at a Hooters-like establishment. Don't worry. She's one of my... You, we're going to soon find out about her. Everyone's going to know her. What's your name? Haley Lou Richardson. Looking her up right now. She's, she, she's, she's got it. She's got that star. She, if this were a different time, if this were 20 years ago, she'd be the next big like a female actress, you know, just comedy. She can, she can do it all. Just has that charisma, that magnetism. Yes. My hot shot in this, in this, the poor white sharecropper story. Hot shot is John C. (laughs) Riley. My spunk, the brother who gets killed.
1: I didn't even have a spunk.
0: Justin Bieber, yeah, nailed it. I love it. Nailed it. it. My mammy, Margot Martindale,
1: of course. Ooh, Margot bending over that cotton. I don't know. Hey, white people had to pick cotton too after the after you know. I see Margo yelling at everybody else to pick more cotton so she doesn't have to bend over and pick it herself.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love her in anything she does. Exactly. Wouldn't it? Okay. Well, wouldn't it be? Now now imagine (laughs) Mammy (laughs) as Glenn Close. Zeke would have never come home. (laughs) No. God, no. Uh Uh-uh. Uh uh-uh. uh. can't w- make me. <laughs> no. Can I, can I just stay in the prison breaking rocks, please?
1: <laughs> okay. It's your
0: turn. Who was your Zeke? My Zeke was Aaron Paul. Yes, 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 yes.
1: Okay, this is my revol- role reversal. Revolve reversal. The voo-voo-voo. So, my mammy is now Pappy. And it is Danny Glover. <laughs> of course it would be Danny Glover. I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> My Zeke, because this has to be somebody with some attitude, Because is Gabrielle Union.
0: Oh, but I don't buy that Gabrielle Union would... I don't buy that she would do the Zeke's uh, journey in this film. You know, I feel like Gabrielle Union would stop it in the production meeting, a pre-production meeting, like, excuse me, say what now? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think so.
1: Okay, well, her chick Mm -hmm. who makes her leave the Lord is Michael B. Jordan.
0: Okay, though Michael B. Jordan, he's be- he's being all suave and debonair. And yeah, and yeah. Okay. hmm Well, yeah, because then the then the studio accepts are like, but it's Michael B. Jordan. She's like, all right, proceed. Yeah, exactly.
1: Let's proceed. And my hot shot is Halle Berry. <laughs>
0: Halle Berry. She would be a really good hot shot like right now in her career uh-huh yeah yeah she kind of jordan she kind of is hot shot in the john wick three movies oh i didn't see yes you one. did did i i was with you and with the how dogs much of an impression Hi, oh, and so your last cast okay my last cast so zeke i guess this is an all-time because i don't know there was just something about my main man what's his name Uh, daniel l hayes i'm watching this i'm like this guy reminds me of somebody this guy reminds me of somebody and then i realized who it was and i was like well he's gonna be zeke i don't know what kind of cast this is but he's my zeke my zeke is the comedian paul mooney Daniel Who? L No, that's not Ma, that's Daniel L. Hayes is the guy who has played Zeke. Yeah. He kept reminding me of somebody, and the somebody that he kept reminding oh, me of was okay. the comedian Paul Mooney. Do I know Paul Mooney? You know Paul Mooney, you just don't know that you know Paul Mooney. He's a black comedian. I feel like he would be amazing as Zeke.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> and so, my chick, I was like, well, who's my chick gonna be? From the good fight, Kush Jumbo. Ooh. AKA Luca.
1: Yeah, I love Luca. Mm, oh, good... I love me some Luca.
0: And then my hotshot, the moment I saw hotshot, I wrote down this guy. Because I'm like, well, that's my hotshot, Jordan Peele. Oh, yes. I'm like, that's hot shot. Yes. And then for for spunk, I put Desus from Desus and Mero Because <laughs> I thought it would be hilarious for him to do this dying scene. Okay. You shot me. Okay. Oh, uh, my mammy though, because because you did one. I came up with Mart- go Martindale, but so then I was trying to think of one, and I mean, there's like there's so many. Like that's what I need help with. My new mammy. Oh. I know it's not easy. It's not easy because you, it's hard because it's the role of mammy, and it's like, oh. well, who's gonna play? Like, man, it's kind of disrespectful. And I don't want to be disrespectful. So it's like, well.
1: I just went with it's a grandmother.
0: Yeah, grandmotherly character. And then when you said Felicia Rashad, I was like, damn it. Oh, man, (laughs) I was so mad. I was so, so mad. You know what? Oh, what's that lady's name? Oh, my gosh. She did, like, a one-woman show. Oh, I know. Oh, take it
1: away, Ma. Okay, well, I'm going to go into tasty nuggets while you're you're figuring out who your mammy is. Um, you already said this is in the National Film Registry at the Library of Congress because it was culturally, historically, and significant. Culturally, historically, something else, significant. Yes. King Vidor had always wanted to do an all-black cast, and the studio said no. But like you said before, uh, he said, oh, yeah, it's about, um, no, I said Negro spirituality, but it wasn't. It was about sexual deviance. Oh, yeah, there it is. I have that. Okay, it's based on real incidents he witnessed as a child in the South, as you said, in Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, Wait, I got it.
0: Anna Devere Smith. Devere Smith. She was in the West Wing, she was in Nurse Jackie. Let me look
1: up. She's the
0: recipient of the Dorothy and Lillian Gish Prize. She yeah, she's an actress, playwright, and professor. She's my mammy. No disrespect. Okay. Oh, wait, I just had her. Anna
1: Tabir Smith. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she was the she was the head of Saint Iglesias, Saint um whatever the hospital was. She is also the grandmother on mixed dish.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. See, I yeah. knew that you would know who she was. Yeah, I love her. Yes, her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Acolytus. Yeah. Yeah, she gave Nurse Jackie chance and chance again. <laughs>
0: I never saw Unders Jackie. Um, you're you're oh, on your at the premieres nuggets.
1: at at the premiere. There was a Manhattan premiere, uh, but the black people had to sit in the balcony. Yeah,
0: the um, peanut gallery. Yeah, it was. That's where the term comes from.
1: Yeah, it does. <laughs> and I've used it before, and I didn't know everyone it was a has. Yeah, so don't use peanut gallery anymore, people. It was a commercially and a critical success.
0: But then I read something that said it was a flop. So I don't know. There was a premiere
1: in Manhattan and in Harlem at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, Paul Robeson. Yes. Was originally cast for Zeke. Mm -hmm. And he he, he refused to do it. He He loathed loathed it. Yep. Well, Nina May McKitty was the first black whore on film. <laughs> well,
0: she got that. Uh, it was also in like the first movie. Well I, you know what though? But see, that's a that's a weird thing you're reading. Well, I'll get to that later because. Well, go ahead. Finish yours. Uh,
1: it, it, I had it was the year's top money maker. Yeah. All right. Um. And King Vidor said that he would give up his salary in order to get it made.
0: Yeah, he had to put his salary into the production.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are those it? Those are
1: my tasty nuggets.
0: Okay, so we were saying how it was the what, first black all-black all musical by a major motion picture, but there was this film called Heart of Dixie that came out in May 1929, And it was the first all-talkie with a predominantly all-black cast. And it was also a musical. I actually have that written
1: down. I didn't know what my notes meant. Thank you. It was
0: (laughs) a musical. It was starring Step and Fetch It. And Clarence Muse, who was also in this, was also in it. So there there you have it. So there's that. Um, Daniel L. Hayes, who played Zeke, he said at the time, quote, I cannot say... What our race owes King Vidor and Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer? There are not words forceful enough for that. Hallelujah will, as Moses led his people from the wilderness, lead ours from the wilderness of misunderstanding and apathy.
1: And if you consider... So... Well... Yeah, just be hopeful. (laughs) It's hopeful and... It was 1929
0: and it was all black cast. And I'm sure he, huge. I'm sure they thought like just like with Black Panther like this movie comes out, like Black Panther's huge and then it's like now everyone's going to get a movie and mm. <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Like you can look at it like we say Both things can be true. You can look at it on the one side of the hopefulness and like it's Mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to show and and it's going to people are going to come to see it. and It's going to show that we have more similarities and differences and it's going to get dialogues and all these good things. And then on the other hand, you're going to have like, well, but we make more money doing this. So we're just going to keep doing this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and we're gonna perpetuate stereotypes because that's what the people with the money want to see.
0: Yeah, people want you know what we want. We don't want to anger people. We want them to feel comfortable, and it makes people feel comfortable to see black people being happy picking cotton. Because yeah,
1: that's not it's not our absorbing. fault. Is. And and lo- less than us.
0: And, so. but, and but you know they really know how to sing and dance. So they can do some. Ta- Those little
1: little kids were and, doing some tap dancing and, and
0: singing, and it just makes me feel good so that's that's what we want we want that only that we're only going to show that and then you cut to 1991 remember what Doughboy said in Boys in the Hood they either don't care or don't care remember eh, listen to our Boys in the Hood we, we yeah. were told it was good actually Boys in the Hood is our
1: second most listened to podcast Oh.
0: I'm, thank you to the five people listening to this yeah
1: yeah it, it yeah we might we might take a hit on this one but hey those of you
0: who have have kept with us you learned some new stuff hey you're gonna learn some shit there we go your tasty nuggets um we already said how it was uh risky but Vidor wanted he wanted to show the Southern Negro how he is, an attempt to present non-stereotype view of African-American life. He was also a Christian mm-hmm. scientist, so that played into oh, it as
1: well. Oh, there's that. Um, that was in 1929 they were
0: Christian scientists? There were Christian scientists. Yeah. It, it was started by a woman, that religion. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought it was only so, dude. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, according name. to Wikipedia, which... You know. Has
1: proven itself to be wrong yeah. today. So,
0: he was nominated for Best Director at the third Academy Awards. He lost to Miles, Lewis Milestone for All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm. And those are my tasty nuggets. That's, that's about it. So, that is hallelujah. That is hallelujah. You
1: take the good, you take the bad. You take it all and there you have the hallelujah the hallelujah the hallelujah
0: okay don't look at me i picked hallelujah are you gonna ask what we're doing aren't you gonna ask me what's next (laughs) yeah what's next next time on gone with the bushes Next time on Gone with the Bushes, we have a 1950 film that won six Oscars. 1950 film that won six Oscars. I want to hint. You know I love to guess this. It was, it was considered culturally, historically, aesthetically
1: significant, as was Hallelujah.
0: Yes, as was
1: Hallelujah.
0: I mean, it was, because it was 1929, all black. Cat- Not one person of European descent on the frame. On the film. Probably everybody behind the camera. Everyone terrified. behind the camera. Oh, yeah. Victoria Spivey had... She would not have kind words about how she was treated on the set of the film. Oh, I'm
1: sure. So this
0: wasn't I She probably a, had
1: to go, go to the KFC on the corner
0: to use the restroom. There was no KFC on the corner. Are you kidding me? But yes. It, there was no... She couldn't get into the cafeteria because remember in Cabin in the Sky that... That was 1943. So, yeah, there was none of that. Um, 1950.
1: 2 years before I two made years an appearance. Before
0: your birth and it had a whole bunch of Academy awards.
1: 14 nominations, 6 wins.
0: 14 nominations and 6 wins. 6 wins. So, it's got to be something. Is it a mm-hmm. streetcar named Desire? It is not. No, cuz that was like later. Uh, another hint.
1: Uh, I think he got ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: That's, I mean, so it's got to be something. It's got to be a big movie, then. That it's we a haven't big movie. Done.
1: It's got a big actress. A
0: big actress. Does it have Catherine Hepburn? No. It's got Betty Davis. Betty, Day- well. We already did Jezebel in 1950. It's not whatever happened to Baby Jane because I was in the 60s. No,
1: good God, no.
0: All about Eve. Yes. Wow, we're doing all about Eve. For we some are reason, finally I we
1: doing all about Eve. Oh,
0: this is it. Good. Is such
1: a such a Betty Davis vehicle.
0: Oh, it's so catty and it's good because we've just been doing like, you know, Black History Month and a lot of it we've been talking about Hollywood. And so now it's good to now we're going to do a movie about Hollywood.
1: Yes, we are.
0: All about Eve. nineteen fifty.
1: Mm, I two read, hours and 18 minutes. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, no. Well,
1: that, it's 138 minutes, so I calculated that's two hours and 18 minutes, but we all know my math. So. Uh, I think
0: you're right, though. Yeah. Genius. Um, You got the I, Hendrix math brain going. Yeah. Um, That's interesting, because I already know what my movie's going to be.
1: Wow. Yeah. Any hints?
0: Um. I believe it's in the 50s as well. Okay. I believe it's in black and white. I think All About
1: Eve is black and white. It is.
0: And I believe it stars someone who recently passed. And it's a movie that I have heard about. And it's one of those movies for me personally that always pops up. And I'm always hearing about it, but it's not one of those, like, grand marquee things. But I just always be hearing about this movie. And I was hearing about this. I wanted to watch this movie before we started doing this podcast. Because I just oh. kept hearing little, th- like, it just mentioned. It just kept popping it up.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm at a total loss. Yeah, but I don't
0: think you're, you're not going to guess it.
1: No, I'm not. Because, first of all, at this point in the podcast, I have Hendrick's brain. And second of all, uh, I just want to keep the listeners focused on All About Eve next week.
0: Yeah, All About Eve. Next that should be a good... Because, again, we watch the movies so you don't have to, unless we stop and tell you, like, no, you got to go see this. Yeah, yeah. So that's why you listen to it, us telling you what these movies are. Now you know what Hallelujah is about.
1: And many of you may have seen parts of this, you know, how you catch Turner classic movies or whatever, uh, um, not... And you don't ever see it all the way through. I recently watched this all the way through.
0: Um, I definitely saw it in college, but that wasn't recently.
1: Okay, well, next week I need a new tablet to do my notes.
0: You're, are you going to keep your tablets for the Smithsonian?
1: I know. I, uh, ever since you told me that you throw your papers, you know, your little tiny squares away every week, I I also have been doing that.
0: No, I kept mine. you should be keeping them. I don't have a note. I don't have a notebook. It's just on computer paper.
1: Yeah, See I it? have. Um, <laughs> I have grazing, these legal grazing. pads. I have legal pads. But yeah, I was keeping them, and it was like, what? Well, first I was keeping them to make sure that I didn't do a repeat, and then I realized all I have to do is go on our on our podcast to see if we've already done it and so i have been purging
0: all right well sorry smithsonian sorry Uh, african-american museum
1: (laughs) yeah we couldn't get the black
0: one's notes but the white one had (laughs) them. of course of course
1: okay well there you go listeners thank you for listening again and
0: bu- B- bye bye.